Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Good to be back with you once again, Saving Grace. Amen. I mean, just the name itself should save you. Amen. Amen. It should be something in a name that makes a difference in your life. I want to just open up with a song that I wrote. My wife is a musician. I play a little bit every now and then, but this song is... Speaks the sentiments of my heart, but talks about, Lord, I want your spirit in this place. Lord, I long. For your spirit in this place, oh Lord, Lord, I long for your spirit in this place. For my heart is so empty without you. Lord, I long for your spirit in this place. Come on, Jesus. Lord, I long for your love to flow in this place. Right here, saving grace. Lord, I long for your love to flow in this place oh lord for our hearts get so empty without you lord i long oh for your love to flow right here in this place lord i that your healing will be in this place. Anybody broken today? Oh, Lord, I pray that your healing will be in this place. Oh, for our hearts, Lord, give us the way without you. Lord, I for your healing to be in this place. Lord, I long that your anointing would just flow in this place. Do you want his anointing this morning? Oh, Lord, I, I pray that your anointing will be in this place, come Lord Jesus, for our hearts get so empty without you, Lord, I, I pray for your anointing, Lord, I love for your 
of Jesus, Lord, we come to you for the mighty power of God. Lord, we call upon you in this place. Lord, we hear a saving grace, not for me or no one else, but for you, O oh God. We ask that you will move your power like it never moved before. Lord, we come to reap a harvest in this place. So, Lord, we come that you will bind the forces of the enemy that we can purge forth with your word without trepidation. Oh, Lord, come in this place. Now, Lord, may we have a collision with the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord, may we come forth from this place knowing that we've been in the presence of Shekinah glory. In the presence name we pray of Jesus and all God's children said. Amen. Please go with me into the book of. The book of Luke. And we put on a, a PowerPoint some of the, the verse that we'll be going through. And we want to be talking this morning from this book that says in Luke 15, verses chapter 4. Do you have it? Say amen. And it says... What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on the shoulder, his shoulders, rejoicing. Read the next ones for me, please. Next. I was coming in an area where I had to pay some tolls, and at that time they, they accept pennies. And I came up to a place where I had everything but a penny. I was one penny short. And I realized that the penny, sometimes you waste it. If you have a penny on the floor, you probably pass right by it. Sometimes when you're at the cash register and they give you a penny back, you tell them to keep it. You don't got big shot now. 
you don't need the pennies no more. But I realize that the penny has its value because without it, it does not make a hundred. I was looking into what God wanted to do this morning for the value of one. You don't know what the value of one means until you get in a position that you need that one. There in Israel, they were a few years ago in 2011, there was a soldier that was captured from the Palestinians and they had negotiated a trade. And in that trade, they traded for that one soldier 1,000 Palestinian prisoners. It was an exchange of the value that they put on that Israeli soldier. They said, we'll give you a thousand back if you give us our one. You know, God has something about one. He said he would have came down all the way from heaven to, to hang on a cross for just one person. The Bible opens up and says in this text, it says, what man? He asks uh, somewhat a rhetorical question, but the question lies with us this morning. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, would not go out looking for the others? You know, he said in this passage that if you had a hundred sheep, he said, you, I was over in Israel in December, and I was looking at the pastures, how they, they have these heelies and heels all over. And out in the place of Bethlehem, I was traveling through there, and I saw where Jesus was speaking of this, take, this text. And I noticed that those heels were, were kind of heely, and if a sheep got lost, it's kind of hard to find your way back. And the Bible says, Jesus said, if one of them got lost... He said, which one of you will go out, a sheep, a shepherd, a true shepherd, and try to and leave the rest and try to find that hard-headed sheep? You know, you're always going to have a sheep that, that get kind of thuggish. Now, I don't know, y'all might be sophisticated, but I, I've dealt with some, some hard-headed people in my life. I've dealt some people who are very, were very stubborn, and the only way that you could get through them, get to them was by fasting and praying and there's always a sheep that will want to go out somewhere and and do the wrong thing sometimes a sheep is not satisfied with the grass that you got over on their side they want to go somewhere else where it may taste a little better so you always got this thuggish sheep that find itself wandering away and and Jesus said this sheep was had an attitude and it went on out in a place where it got stranded and instead, the, a true shepherd would try to go back and try to find a true, true shepherd, I'm saying. A true shepherd would try to go back and find that sheep that is lost. He said, look around. He said, you'll not only go to try to find them, but you'll leave every, you'll make a sacrifice. You know, sometimes we don't want to make a sacrifice when it comes down to getting something that we, we've lost. He, he said, we'll make a sacrifice. He said, you leave all the 99. Y'all hear me this morning? That 99, he said, you leave those behind and you will go trying to find where that one is. Have you ever been the one? 
Thank God, you know, you were the one at one time. God came looking for you somewhere. It might have been over in Jamaica, may have been Trinidad. He may have found you right here in Fort Lauderdale, but he went out looking for you. I don't know who had come by your way, but you weren't always saved. Or you may look always saved, but you weren't always. There was somebody had to come by your way and tell you that Jesus loves you. Somebody had to come by your way. Maybe it was a tent meeting. Maybe it was your, your mama, your grandmama. But somebody stood up in the place for you and they reached for you where you couldn't get out. And they told you that there was a better way. Hey, do I have an amen in this place? There. When they found this sheep, Jesus made a very interesting passage on our last thing. He said, you know what? I, I, I prefer, he said, even if, if there was just one that repented. He said, heaven will rejoice even more so than 99 who feel that they need to repent. You know, that struck me. You have 99 that you know, it's a lot of people come to church, but they don't feel the need that they have to repent. No one likes to tell somebody, I'm a sinner. No one likes to, in their resume, I had never seen a resume that had, I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm a liar. I, I, I do things I should not do. I've been backbiting. And in, in our resume, we always polish it up. We don't put the, the stuff that fine. They have, they have to go a little deeper into a background check to get some other stuff that you may not put on the resume. But God said, I am here because I know your past and I, I want you just as you are. Don't you thank God for that? I found that trying to find a new soul, there is something about new soul, soul winning. I love soul winning. Somebody had to tell me that Jesus was still able to take care of me when I was no good. And, I, you know, I, I was a thug myself. Hello, church. Now, y'all be cute, but I, I, I know what I was. I was in Plant City in a little town. You know, it's, it's, it's something to be in a big town and be thuggish. But I was in I was a little, little old town. You know, like when I was in Jamaica, there was, it's, you go up in the hills and the countryside and you know, you have a little thug in the little, little bitty places. You know, it's bad when it gets that bad. But then I was down there and I was doing all kind of things. I was running away from God. Even though I was in the church, I wanted to be something that I wasn't. And God let me go for a little while. You know, God will let you roll for a little while. You can roll on and you can be in your, your mischievousness. And, but he, he, he still got his eyes on you. And I found this text in this great controversy. It says, the loss of even one soul is what? And what? Overwhelming the gains and treasures of an entire world. It says, one, if one soul is lost. God said it doesn't, it doesn't wait even comparison to all the riches of the world. And a lot of times when I was going over there in Hollywood, California, I used to travel around with a seven-day Adventist rock and roll singer. Does that, does that match? His name was Little Richard. He's a seven-day Adventist rock and roll singer. And I didn't know no better. I was there, and I was there in California, and you know, and go to church, and uh, my wife and I, he travels out when he was, came into the church. 
during his preaching time. And I was out there in California. And I saw all the big houses and all the these 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 uh, Rolls Royces and people. And I I, I got kind of I said, you know, I would like to have something like that. You know, I knew I was called to be in the ministry, but you know, sometimes the devil would dangle little things in front of your face. He may dangle little stuff in front of your face. He may dangle a boyfriend in front of your face. He may dangle a job that keep you from coming to church on Sabbath, and he'll dangle that in front of your face. He, he, will, he will sidetrack. He'll put that young lady in, in, on your mind. He'll dangle her in front of your face that you want to compromise to be recognized. And there, as I was going around there in California, I, I was looking around for all these things. I said, Lord, how can I get into that? But you know, some people realizes that you are a child of God. You know, when, 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 ch when children of God goes to places they should not go, people know that there's, there's an angel sometimes protecting you. They were saying at one of our church schools, some of our kids would go out to the club, and they were out there trying to outdance everybody else. And people knew that they were saved. Hello? It's something about when you got the Lord on your side, you just can't get out there and do all the stuff that you want to do. God got a hedge around you. You're trying to get out the hedge. But he said, no, you're my child. He protects you in, in the midst of your mess. And there as I was traveling around, the Lord told me, he said, now do you see those big gates? I was walking by those huge gates that they have out there and saw those cars coming through. And he said, now, what do you read in the word about what I have for you? See, sometimes God had to do a reminder check. He said, do you remember I said that my streets are paved with gold? Do you see any gold on the streets? He had to, he had to give me a sound check. I, I looked around and there was nothing but asphalt. Even in Beverly Hills, nothing but asphalt. It was the same streets you have out here. I went by the gates and and he said, now look at that gate. He said, now what is it made out of? It was nothing but iron and different little things. He said, but do you remember the gates I say I have for you that's made out of pearl and jasper? And you want to download yourself to a lower degree to get this stuff? Hello, church. He said, do you see that house back there? That, I saw some big, beautiful mansions that the stars were living in. And I was saying, Lord, my goodness, that looks nice. But he said, but I've gone to prepare a place for you where you can come to, to and there is no mortgage. Hello, church. He said, I got a place where you don't have to pay the light bill because God is the light of the world. That's I got some places where in there you can go and you don't have to worry about going down to Publix and, and Winn-Dixie. I got groceries on the trees. You can go out and get it any time you want. We get so stuck in this stuff around here that we forget, you know, we, we, we're just passing through. This is not my residence. That's why I don't get I don't get stressed out over stuff. Some people stressed out over the check coming on the third and uh, uh, getting my Social Security check. I'm going to get it of uh, my insurance going to cover this. I'm going to tell you, the insurance company, they, they will they will tell you one thing, but they cannot cover you like the grace of God. There's one thing about the insurance company they have already. The insurance company says that that you are you are value at a year's value of your life is worth fifty thousand dollars. That's how much they value you. Being in working in, in a hospital there, Florida Hospital, and seeing some of the insurance policies, they calculate whether or not 
if you need this surgery based on the $50,000 mark, your PPO, MMO, KK, or whatever you got, it, 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 they still try to figure out, are you value, what are you worth? And for them, one person is worth no more than really 50000 So when the doctors say, I need to do a, 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 a surgery on you, they calculate. Oh, Jesus, that's why, man, the Bible says don't put your trust in man. Because here your life is at stake, and they're calculating how much do I want to put on your body. Are you worth saving? Are you worth the, are you past the $50,000 mark? See, Jesus said, I, I don't care if you've been down on the streets of the low, thuggish thing in Fort Myers or Fort Lauderdale or Fort Muhammad, wherever you've been in your life. He said, I will take you just as you are. I don't put my value is the blood of Jesus. Oh, thank God for that value because I don't have to be stipulated about what's worth. God said, I'll save you no matter what, what it costs. No matter, he's died on the cross because he said, I don't care what it costs for you. You mean too much to me. You're too valuable to me. There in this prophecy, it came out with this prophecy, and I, I was reading it, and it gave me something that I wanted to stick with you today. Thank you. It says, read this together for me. Mm. That, that, I'm gonna start with it. If it said you will guard and care for the sheep and the lambs of Christ's fold, if they stray. See, sometimes when, when people stray, we don't want to run after them. Well, they're gone. You know, God expects you, if you got somebody that's going away, one of your things is that if they stray, you will not leave them to what perish. I know you know somebody that needs to be in church this morning. And sometimes you feel, well, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to waste my time calling them. I don't try it before. It may be your daughter, maybe your son. What are they out there? They don't want to listen to me. It may be a, a person, a coworker. But it said, he said, you are obligated. He says, not to allow them to perish. God has so much put in invested in that person until you should be able to say, Lord, if you invest your blood on them, I should go out there and try to bring them back home. Say, but we'll go forth to seek to save that which is lost. The rest of it said, all heaven will be ready to aid you. All heaven is ready to aid you. My little technician man, thank you, sir. That's happening. You know, this is a little story in itself. It, I was working something that wasn't on. <laughs> and sometimes you can work your religion and keep mashing your buttons and keep on praising, but you ain't got nothing going on. <laughs> Hello, church. There's a sermon in that. You got to have it on for God to work with you. Praise God. This last part says it under the, and, and, and all heaven will be ready to aid you. That's, that's a promise. Spirit of prophecy, all heaven will be ready to aid you. 
See, the, the Lord won't back you up on your stuff. A lot of times we come up with all kinds of things that, that are totally irrelevant, that has nothing to do with anything. But God said, when you put me in the place and you searching for me and you start pressing your words way towards me, he said, I will aid you. I will give you the strength to be successful. Oh, I thank God. He said, you're not left alone. You're not on this road alone. God said, I got some stuff that you don't know nothing about. I got a thousand ways you know not of to take care of your situation. Thank God for Jesus. Oh, read this for me. This is good stuff I'm giving here today. The what? The angels what? That they will aid you if you're willing to say, Lord, I know this soul is out here. I know they've been abandoned and walked away from you. And, but if you start saying, Lord, give me the words to say. Give me the, the attitude that will fit. You know, you may go up to some mean people and you don't know how to approach them. But God said, I'll give you the things to say if you just take the step. He said, I'll put it in you. Stuff that you don't know you got in you. Continue reading. You will. I say amen on that. I, you know your limitations. But God said, I know, I know how much you got. I know how much education. It don't matter if you got whatever. He said, I can circumvent all that education. I can put you in a place where you never thought you could be. And I can pour something in you that make you sound like you can stand before a king. He said, if you just trust me where you cannot trace me, he said, I got you covered. That you will receive special grace, not just ordinary grace. See, when you start doing soul winning, you start reaching out. It's not the sermon that's going to do it. It's going to be you. When you start reaching and, and going out of your, you know, sometimes we get this, we get a same, the same little schedule. We go home, we go work, we eat, we watch the news, go to sleep, get up. And you, the devil can predict what you're going to do. A predictable. See, when he knows where he can crap in. See, when, when you have those little gaps in there, Satan always, while you're sleeping, he's planning on some stuff. He said, well, I know they'll sleep at this time. They're not going to be praying. See, when you make the extra effort to be doing those times when you're just rising around and lingering around, he said, when you start making extra effort to call on the name of Jesus, Binding those four. See, it's not going to be that little prayer you was doing when you was a child. Lord, lay me down to sleep. Some of us still saying those little bitty prayers. And that's why we get little bitty blessings. Little bitty prayers, little bitty blessings. Little bitty prayers. The bigger your prayer, the bigger the blessing. The bigger your prayer, the bigger, the, the more you start contact. See, it's something about that supernatural force that stands around you. They, the angels can stand there with you, but they can't help you until you call on Jesus. They can't move until you move them. They're waiting for you to give them the instructions. Say, in the name of Jesus, I bind these forces. When you start speaking with authority, things will start happening in your life supernaturally. That's the power of the Holy Ghost standing with you. But let me tell you, about every level, there's a bigger devil. So you want increase in your life? You're saying, Lord, do. See, when you get ready for revival, the spirit of prophecy says, when you get ready for revival, Satan, 
he gets ready for one too. You may start seeing things happen in your house and trouble and you start feeling bad. You weren't sick before and then all of a sudden it's, oh, he'll keep little stuff trying to make excuses. You need to be able to speak to that thing with a and say, Lord, though you slay me, I'm going to serve you. By your stripes, I'm healed. When you start speaking the promises of God, that's how I pray. I pray in promise prayer. See, when you speak the word back to Christ, that's, see, my stuff, I'll be just talking stuff and that's, it comes from fleshly thoughts and selfishness. And God can't deal with that kind of, those kind of prayers. This thing comes from your own selfish pettiness. But when you start putting in the place where, where you have the promise that the Bible says and you start praying prophetic promise prayers, that's the prayers that God will have to connect to you. Because when I say, Lord, in your word, you said you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. When I was coming over here trying to get from the airport, I could not remember how to get back here. And my navigator on my Sprint phone, Lord help Sprint, decided not to work. I put in your address and the devil started getting, he did not want me to be here on time. And I said, Lord, I had to pray. I said, now, Lord, you know the devil is after me because I know this place is somewhere around here, but you know I don't know where it is. And I need you to work in my behalf. And even though I went out of the way, I went down, further down, going towards Miami. And the Lord said, turn. You know, you have to learn to listen to the Lord. See, sometimes when you pray, you be wanting God to give you the direction that you want him to give you. But sometimes God will give you something that don't even match what you thought it would be. And he told me to turn on the street that didn't look like a place that I was going right. Because it turned that way. And I said, I want you to keep going and I'll, you'll eventually get into it. And he told me to turn again down on, it says 62nd Street Avenue. But I didn't realize 62nd was actually 441. Hello, church. Am I right? God had to speak to me. I saw God said, that's it. Even though I was looking at something that was totally different, but I was, I was trusting God because I already told him, Lord, you're not going to leave me. You said you'll never forsake me. And he, he stepped right in place. He said, I'll show you the way. He'll take you places where you don't know where you're going. And I kept going. He said, well, if you keep straight, turn on the street. I turned down another place. And it, he said, keep on straight. Go back. Sometimes you have to go back where you started off from. Hello, church. Sometimes God will take you back in your life to places where you dropped them off at. You wonder why you're having so much hell and hot water in your life. Sometimes you have to go back. Where did I drop off my faith? And people say, why did I have so much mess in my life? Go back to the place where you used to pray. Go back to the place where you were having devotion in the morning and the evening. Go back to that place. That's where you left them at. That's where the trouble, after that, you start getting a little, you know, people get, get something about getting a little more money. Ooh, I can tell when black folks get money, they get funny. I saw someone on, the, on one of the jobs, she had got about a, a 25, 25 cent raise. And I didn't know a 25 cent raise can change your senses. 25 cents, she 
start coming in and you want to be bossy and you got a little uppity, uppity. I said, my goodness, what happened? It was just that it was no more to was getting minimum wage, but 25 cents more shouldn't make that much of a difference. I saw the attitude change. You know, something about money make people get, get all kind of, if they think they got it, when they think they got security. Don't ever get stuck on your security. Because the devil coming to wipe that stuff out so fast. And sometimes God will allow it to happen because he wants you to be saved. This is something about when God wants you to be saved, he'll do anything. He'll do absolutely anything. He said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And sometimes you may have that car as your God. Help me, Lord Jesus. I'm talking to somebody here. Because you pay $400 a month on it. God said, I can, I can blow that thing away. It's nothing but a piece of tin. You run out there in that street out there and hit it. it it's, it's, the insurance company say it's not worth nothing. That couch that you have in your house that you so picky about and you got covered with plastic and all the other stuff and nobody can sit on it. Baby, when you leave here, that's the first thing they're going to sit on. And the kids are going to be jumping on it, spilling Kool-Aid on it. You better get a grip and get your priorities straight up in here. Those dishes that are sitting in your thing that nobody have never ate out of. I told my wife, if I die, everything in this house will be used. Nobody will come behind me. With a friend. I'm going to use it because I know when I leave here, my children, my grandchildren, they will go in there. They're going to use that same dish that I don't want nobody to eat out of. That's the one they'll be eating their french fries out of. The things you think are so valuable here on earth, they ain't nothing. Nothing is more valuable than your soul and your salvation. Sometimes we have missed up our priorities trying to figure out, you know, what we're going to keep in these things. God says it's not worth anything. The only thing worth, are you ready to meet him on that great judgment day? My brother and sister, let's get right. Let's get right with God right now. And he'll do it right for us. Give me my next one, please. Give me my next slide. Thank you, son. Ellen G. White, I thought this was beautiful. Read this with me, please. The true what? Wrestles. Let me stop right there. I don't know. When the last time you actually wrestled? Jacob wrestled. God said, Lord, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Some of your dreams have been put on hold because you, you let go too soon. The spirit of prophecy said some of the things that God had planned for your life that you're supposed to already have, the reason why you don't have it so far, because you let go the vitality of your prayer. You better wrestle with God. Lord, I want my child to come back to the fold. You don't stop praying until it happens. God said you are under the covenant of God and he will make it happen when you trust him. The true worker for God wrestles with God in prayer and does what? That's the truth. If, if there is nothing on your agenda about helping somebody else come to the fold. You should have one name that you pray for every day. If, there, if you're not praying for nobody to be saved, 
your, your, your thing is just, it's a selfish Christian life. You can't get in the kingdom with a starless crown. Don't, don't even try. You're going to help somebody along the way. You have to help somebody to, to pick up their, 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 their burdens and say, Lord, I'm going to step in the gap with you. You got to tell that person that sometimes going to be your enemy. God's going to put somebody on your mind who he wants you to serve and work with. And he's going to say, you need to put that person on your prayer list. Because when this revival starts, by the time that revival starts and you don't pray for them every day, you will see the Lord transcend in miraculous ways because you stood in the gap for somebody who was lost. I was in a revival there up in Palaka, and there was a person, all, she couldn't get out. The only thing she could do was just pray at home. And she just picked out the little, she just put her hands on a, on, on, a, on a name in the phone book. Didn't know the person from Adam. And she would pray for them every single day. See, God don't, he has no method how you're going to do it. He's just looking for you to do it. And during the, when the baptism came along, she didn't know it from Adam, but the name Jeffrey McDonald, the name was thrown up, and he was a Caucasian guy in an African-American church, and they called his name, and he had his white robe on, and when she met him, she said, she said I know you. He said, how do you know me? He said, because I pray for you every single day. He didn't know what, see, when you start praying, the Holy Spirit will move to those places where you can't get to. And that was a miraculous, powerful movement of God because she prayed for that name and people were astonished. How did that happen? They asked him, how did you get here? He said, I don't know how I got here. I just felt something move me to come this way. And I passed by it and I saw y'all was having a revival every night. He said, something told me to stop. When he stopped, he came in. Sometimes when you get in the presence of God, you can't, you can't stop the movement of God. And his life was changed. You got to pray with power and you'll see things happen. Next, please. Oh, it's all about Jesus, isn't it? I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but it's all about him who's able to keep me from falling. I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but the power of one God said, I will go out there and I'll find that sheep that is lost. And I don't know if you know somebody this morning, but I want you to put that name on your agenda. How many of you have a name this morning that you want to be called out? A name, that, that name. Now, when I, on the count of three, I want you to call that name. And because when you call that name under the name of Jesus, you will find that that, that will Activate the power of God to start moving in that person. On the count of three, call that name. One, two, three. Antoinette, don't. Call the name that you are going to stand up for, that you're going to pray for that person. It could be your child, your daughter. Call that name. One, two, three. That name is the name that God is going to start working with. It's going to start penetrating your life. It's going to start working. See, before it gets too late, you don't know when too late is. I didn't know it was too late. My three children that I had at one time, when my daughter called, it was a horrific indi indication that I needed to wake up. But when that time came, I heard my daughter's voice at 3 a.m. in the morning 
She said, Daddy, David, David is dead. I couldn't understand what that was, what that meant, because David was my only 22-year-old son. Dead! I said, Monique, you gotta, you gotta be, you kidding me? I said, no, he's dead, daddy. I said, Lord, what did you do? Why did you do this to me? I cried out in anguish, not knowing. I said, Lord, I want to quit the ministry. I can't believe you would do something like that to me. I was doing everything I thought I could do. Then I get the news that my only son is dead. God spoke to me. I said, Lord, where were you when this happened? And Lord said, God told me, he said, I was in the same place where they took my son. God said, I never moved. I never moved. I never move. She said, but now, she said, you need to get up and move. He said, because I'm, we're rushing quickly into the last days. He said, your son had it right. He said, it does, when I put a period on your life, don't try to put a comma where God put a period. And don't put a period where God put a comma. But I learned in that, she said, now I want you to move forward with the tenacity because there will be people will be put to sleep who are not ready. The worst thing you can have on your, your mind is there's somebody you should have spoke with. You can't determine how long they're going to live. My son was only 22 years old. You don't know how much time they got. Your thing must be with diligently. When God put them on your mind, you must say, Lord, I'll do what you call me to do. When that great day come, my brothers and sisters, when that great day come, I plan to be there. I don't know about you. They said, we're going to meet Jesus. It's going to be a, talking about something. I don't know what stations they have down here at Fort Lauderdale area, Hollywood, but I do know that it says when that hand becomes the size of a man's hands in the, in the sky. I can imagine that all the meteorologists on television down here in South Florida, they were trying to figure out what is this hand coming to. They can't figure it out. God said, I'm coming like a thief in the night. I'm coming whether you're ready or not. He said, this is your opportunity. You don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. And it says when that hand starts moving towards us, and when we start looking at this thing, only God's children are going to realize that it's going to be our Father, our I am that I am that's coming after us. When that hand continues to move towards us without preparation, we will look into that hand and we'll see it get bigger and bigger and we will hear the voice of God speaking to us. He said, I'm coming home, children. No more time that you have to worry. No more stress. No more heartaches. It says in the last days, when the last days comes, those who are really standing for God, you will go through a persecution. And I don't know how much persecution you can handle. But when they come to you and tell you that you cannot keep the Sabbath or we'll cut off everything you have, will you still stand? Will you still stand when they 
take your family? Will it still stand when you can't get groceries? Will you still stand? God said there are going to be a few that's able to stand. See, if you're not praying now, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to catch up on a catch-up prayer. There's no catch-up prayers. This is a season where God's favor is moving. This is a season you don't have as much trouble. You came in this church with nobody, no, no guards standing out there, no policemen coming through. But when there's an ordinance come through in Barrett County saying that you cannot come and attend this church on Sabbath, what you going to do then? Are we ready? Sometime a little rain will keep us from coming to church. I'm talking about a drizzle. See, on Monday, if it was pouring down, you would get in that car and go to your job. But on Sabbath, a little drizzle, or it may not be, maybe going to look like it's going to rain. But well, I don't want to get my weed messed up. And I don't think I'm going to stay, and I don't want to get catch no cold. You're going to catch a cold on Sabbath? We all got excuses, and Satan will give us excuse after excuse. But when it comes down to Christ Jesus, we should be wanting to make a sacrifice, not just on this day, but every day. Lord, give me that soul and whatever you have to do to give us. Because when that hand starts coming down to get us, oh, Jesus said, I'm going to stop in the air and every eye shall see me. Oh, my brothers and sisters, he said, every eye shall glimpse Said those who had pierced him in his side. He said they're going to be in that number that watch him. Those who spit on him and made every mark against him. See everything that was done. The, the spirit of prophecy was recorded in a book, and every move that they made against the Savior. And those who thought he wasn't a nobody, who thought he was nothing, he was wasting his time. Will see this same Jesus that they spit on coming in the clouds of glory. Won't that be a grand hallelujah day? That want to know, I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, I do believe. They said the angels will be dispensed all over the world. They'll go down to Trinidad. They'll go down to Jamaica. They'll go down to Haiti. They're going to come to Tampa. They're going to come to Fort Lauderdale. They're going to be dispensed in every graveyard there is. Neil, speak the word. Come forth. Oh, hallelujah. And I know my mama, she's going to get up on that great getting up morning. I know my daddy going to get up. I know my son. He will be in that number. It's going to be a grand occasion. I hope you be there. There's some people I, I, I know that's going to be there. There was a man who put his grave. He went from one country all the way to Battle Creek, Michigan. And he said, I want to be buried right there by Ellen G. White. So when they get up, I can get up and wave at them. I don't care. I don't care where you great. You bear that as long as you get up, my brothers and sisters. And on that great getting up morning, I plan to look. See, this, this is what it's all about. See, there's nothing can match what God is going to do. See, I don't know if there, some people stay in these adulterous relationships and thinking that it's going to work out. That's nothing. God got something better for you. Some of people stay in a mess that God has not sanctioned. God's got something better for you. Some people stay in these lying situations. God got something better for you. And Satan wants you to hold on to that sin. He don't want you to let it go. But he said if you live the right life, you'll be caught up. I don't know what you know what it feels like to be caught up. See, when I flew from Tampa down here this morning, I was caught up 20,000 feet in the air. And he said that took me up and it defies some of the gravity. And But I know, man, he can easily go down. 
But he said, when I'm caught up that, that day, brothers and sisters, you ought to imagine yourself being lifted up, lifted up in the hands of Jesus. You don't know what it's like to be lifted up and caught when gravity will have to let you go and say, you're going up to see your Jesus. And he said, we're going to meet him in the air. Do you want to be there? And I believe they say it will be a seven-day trip. I don't know what that trip will be like, my brother, but I want to be in the trip. There's nothing that Delta or Sprint can do for me, but I plan to be in that trip. And when I get in that trip, they say, when we get to the doors of heaven, they're going to holler, they're going to holler, ring the doorbell of heaven. And the Bible says in Psalms, they're going to say, open the gates, oh, ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. So the king of glory shall come in. And they say they're going to holler back outside there, who is the king of glory? They're going to holler, not that they don't know his name, but they just love to praise him every now and then. You ought to love to praise him every now and then. And the angel said, who is this king of glory? They said, the Lord. God Almighty, the Lord what? What? Lift up your heads, all ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory shall come in. I want to be in that number, brothers and sisters. I want to be in that number because it don't matter if it's 100 or 10. When that day come, you realize that the one soul you won will say thank you. They say on the streets of gold, they're going to walk up to you. They're going to say, you know what, I appreciate you. I appreciate you calling me on that day. I appreciate you stopping by my little, my booth and my job. I appreciate you, even though I may have been a Muslim, even though I've been all kind of places that I was a prostitute. I don't care what. He said, I thank you for giving me the word. If it's nothing but a trite, do something, brothers and sisters. Do something to win that one soul because the value of one soul has been covered by the blood of Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.